Welcome to Points of Departure, a podcast from the Arkansas Global Changemakers in coordination with KUAF Public Radio. Where we aim to place pressing social issues into global context. And bring communities together to find local solutions to global challenges. My name is Lawrence Hare, Associate Professor of History in the Fulbright College of Arts and Sciences. And I am Rogelio Garcia Contreras, Teaching Assistant Faculty in the Walton College of Business. And I'm Daniel Carruth, a producer and reporter for KUAF Public Radio. And we're your hosts for Points of Departure. Hey, producer Daniel Carruth here. I'm coming to you out of season on this cold and rainy day in January, dreaming about the Barcelona sun, because the Arkansas Global Changemakers are gearing up to go back to Spain this summer. And Lawrence and Rogelio recorded a special episode with one of their community partners about last year's trip to Barcelona. Alyssa Snyder of Seeds That Feed here in Fayetteville will reminisce with Lawrence and Rogelio about yogurt manufacturing, lazy afternoons at a vineyard, and also cross-cultural approaches to addressing food insecurity. But I'm mostly thinking about that winery. Anyway, Here's the show. Welcome, everybody, to Points of Departure. We're so glad you're with us today. My name is Lawrence Hare, and I am joined, as always, by by my co-host, Rogelio Garcia Contreras. Hello, Rogelio. Hey, Lawrence. How are you? I'm doing great. We're also joined in the studio today by Daniel Carruth, our intrepid producer. Hey, Daniel. Hey, how's it going? I'm, I'm doing great. <laughs> so, Roy Helio and Daniel, I'm in a really good mood today because we finally did it. After years... Years. Years of dreaming, of scheming, of planning, fundraising, networking, recruiting, etc., we finally launched our on-site Changemakers Barcelona Study Abroad program, and it was a rip-roaring success. At least I think so. I hope no, you do, it too. It was. No, no, no. <laughs> absolutely. It's a lot of work, but we finally did it, and, and we overcome a pandemic as well. That's yeah. right. We, we, had, we did it one time as a virtual experience, and that worked very well, but there's no substitute for being on the ground. And, absolutely of course, Daniel not. had helped us in advance. He had gone with us to Spain. For mm. it, met with all the partners. Help is generous. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's nice. Hmm. So it we, was a lot of help. Two weeks in January, we took 13, right, 13 students, and they were from – a wide variety of disciplines. We took students from uh, the College of Engineering. We took students from the College of Business, from the College of Arts and Sciences, and they worked together in teams. We took them into a completely foreign environment, but we had them looking at very familiar themes, very familiar problems that they know from their time in Arkansas. And the two that we focused on specifically were food security and job skill development. And we were really interested in understanding how the history of Catalonia, the culture of Catalonia, and the people of Catalonia approach these problems. And we added one more really cool wrinkle to the whole mix. We didn't just take students with us. We also took a community partner from Northwest Arkansas, and that community partner is joining us in the studio today. That's Alyssa Snyder, whose title is uh, Chief Seeder of Seeds That Feed. (laughs) Uh, a local nonprofit in Fayetteville. Hi, Alyssa. Welcome Hello. to Points of Departure. Thank you. Welcome, Alyssa. Good to be here. Thank you. Now, I have to say, Alyssa was a 
phenomenal community partner to take. If this was an experiment, that experiment worked very beautifully. Now, you have worked with us for years as a guest in, our, in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times we're here. Oh, many, many times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, Lisa has been, been very generous with her time. Very generous <laughs> with your time. Not only, not only talking to students about what you do at Seeds That Feed, but also mentoring students outside the classroom who are doing various projects. And having you in Barcelona worked really well because it was ha- it was like having an embedded mentor mm. with the group. Mm-hmm. And it was also having a community partner with whom the students could create the dialogue that we want to see between our, our local network of, of agencies and change-making organizations and our partners in Spain. What, I wanted to get your thoughts on, on one particular visit that we had when we went to the food bank mm-hmm. in Barcelona, this, w- this was an eye-opening experience for me. Um, food banks are an American mm-hmm. innovation, but now there is a pretty robust European food bank network, and mm-hmm. they've, they've really <laughs> taken this idea and run with it. And Barcelona had a really impressive food bank operation. I, I don't know if you know where I'm going with this, but the thing that shocked me the most about the Barcelona food bank was the type of food that they had. Mm. Do, do you remember this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, like you go, to, you, you go to a food bank and you expect to see things in boxes. <laughs> yeah. Right? Macaroni and cheese and crackers and, and whatnot. But no. the food bank in Barcelona was, it was all fruits and vegetables. Yeah. It was things in bags. <laughs> Fresh. Fresh. Yeah, I think yeah. she said 60%, about 60% of um, what they got was fruits and vegetables, working with farms and retailers. And and I asked, I was like, you know, because that's kind of probably the flip of here, yes, right? Yes, um, and she and I And I think she said something. I asked her about it. You're, how is it that or why is it that you get – so much of that and she said well that's what people want and I thought no oh, perfect <laughs> that's exactly right you know yeah that was that's very, what people want that's, that's what it's people not want. what we have on hand it's what yeah it's what our, and you know. we're, we're we're doing these things and we're working the the means in order to make that happen says a lot about the local diet too I think says a lot about the diet but also about the way in which you conceive the person in need right mm-hmm. um yeah I, I mean there's something about the conception of what being in need means and 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 how to address that need that that goes into this as well. That's right, and that reminds me of, of another thing that we saw when we were at La Fajeda. And <coughs> personally, La Fajeda was my favorite. Mm. I don't know if I yeah. don't know if you had a favorite visit, but <laughs> La Fajeda yeah. was a really fascinating place. It's 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 in a in a pretty remote part of Catalonia. Out, out in the forest. A natural reserve. At a natural <laughs> reserve, yeah. And, and it's, yeah. it is a, it is a yogurt manufacturer. They, they do much of the dairy, far- not all, but much of the dairy farming on site, which that in of itself was interesting. They try to use a lot of sustainable methods. Yeah. So their business purpose, I should back up, their business purpose is to produce great tasting yogurt. And it is the number one selling brand in Catalonia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but they're, their underlying purpose is a social purpose. It is to create job opportunities for people at risk of social exclusion. And um, they have a, a wide variety of support services on site for a, a workforce that is very atypical for an American workforce, I think. The thing that I, so I'm, where I'm going with this, the thing that I thought was really fascinating, and this gets to, the, to what kind of what you were saying earlier, Alyssa, is that 
they they had different roles for people with very different needs. So, mm. for example, the jam production, yep. which is a pretty low low skill part of the operation, stirring jam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't really, we, I didn't really come. I don't I don't know how to make jam, so I can't <laughs> I can't claim a lot of knowledge here. But they the the jam production was r- really reserved for people who have. Um, who are following the neurodiverse spectrum and and have needs and and they had said that the the jam is an important part they sell with the yogurt it's an important part of it and they had the opportunity to make the operation more efficient by by getting bigger vats mm-hmm. where they where they mixers pr- mixers yeah, yeah where they mix and produce the jam but instead of getting bigger vats they bought more smaller vats so yes. that they can employ more workers and yeah. so the social bottom line was clearly in the needs of the community, both as producers and as consumers, was as important as um, the financial bottom line. Yeah. But it's still a financially oh, sustainable company. I love that, that. that. That to me was fascinating <laughs> because was. Uh, the, the you know, business decisions were made thinking on the uh, people they employ, right? First and foremost, I think that that was really valuable. But what what are your thoughts, Elisa? Oh yeah, I, the whole time I was there, I kept hearing, "We employ people, and uh, you know, especially people at risk of social exclusion, um, people with disabilities, people who have been incarcerated, people who are needing um, a good job and a place in a community to become a part of." And then we make yogurt. The yogurt just happens to be the number one yogurt, the best yogurt, um, this you know great business model. But their first and foremost thing, and I think what they constantly come back to is that original mission. And because they were coming from that framework, you know, and, and they had a great business model, things were working beautifully. But First and foremost is it's about the people and the jobs that we're creating. Um, and then, yeah, we also make really good stuff. You know. And it's not a marketing strategy. No. They actually don't talk about it yeah. when they market the product. It's yeah. just it's, it's <laughs> integral to the mission. Yeah. I want to ask you about your impressions of the students. Did you, mm-hmm. did, what did you think of their response to some of these things? Oh, I was blown away by the students. I really was. I just kept thinking... I don't feel like I was like that at all. <laughs> I was their age. I thought that the things, the just the the way that they were, just so genuinely interested and in, you know asking really great questions, and then you know while we were in a presentation or something, lean over and and ask me a, a question. Um, so I, I thought it was really, really cool how just the level of how engaged they were and thinking through just so many different, like, I think thinking through personal experiences, I think thinking through their school and, and the things that they were learning, a lens of age group and a group of people that have seen a lot of different crazy things in the last years and gone through a lot (laughs) (laughs) you know um so it for me it was just really cool to to see them in action and get to experience that alongside them i learned a ton from them you're listening to points of departure we'll be right back after this break
The Transgender Experience in Arkansas, or T, is a series of conversations with seven transgender youth, men, and women who reside in Northwest Arkansas. T is a production of KUAF Public Radio, recorded in the Listening Lab. Filmed over the span of six months last year, T is directed by Emerson Alexander, hosted by Taylor Johnson, co-hosted and edited by Sophie Narani, and produced by journalist Jacqueline Frolic. We ask our T guests to reveal their trans self-realization, medical integration, and social acculturation. You can follow T, the transgender experience in Arkansas, on listeninglabkuaf.com forward slash T-E-A. For more on T and other KUAF podcasts and special productions, you can go online to KUAF.com. Now back to Points of Departure. We also visited La, La Olivera, which is also a, a, an organization that has this important social mission of, of, of employing people mm-hmm. in, in the state of exclusion, and, and they also are committed to the idea of preserving the culinary heritage of Catalonia and uh, this is the, the winery. The bio, Olivera is a w- uh, oil producer, oil and, producer and, and, and a winery. Oil. Yes, mm-hmm. and and uh, uh, rescuing the biodiversity that exists mm-hmm. in the region and you know, kind of opposing this production of just one crop. You know, and then the, the, this idea of uh, more sustainable agriculture and all these. What are your thoughts about these and and and? What kind of uh, you work with a lot of farm mm-hmm. farmers and farms here in in, in our region? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you see that experience impacting what you know about uh, farming and agriculture here in our region? Yeah, I I the Lillivaux well, is is beautiful, and going through um, I, one of the things that I thought was very cool was they needed a weren't seeing the results that they needed with the native grapes and so instead of just ditching and saying oh okay we'll we'll grow this because um you know because it's it's gonna produce more they came to california got some really strong grapes that were doing great here and then I don't know how this works. Splice them in some way. (laughs) Splice them, magically intertwine them, and now they have this really cool kind of marriage of two different grapes. One's, you know, original roots of there right there in Catalonia, and then one here from the U.S. and as a result, they're able to make this, this their products stronger and their business stronger. And so I thought that that was really cool. Um, I thought that that was a great example of, of, you know, of working together to make things stronger. And so just the innovation there was very cool. And I think just, yeah, it's a great example of getting that sort of that outside influence, but also staying true to your roots and learning how to do what you do, but do it better. Um, Lily Vera is an interesting case, and the students really sort of gravitated towards this particular mm-hmm. case because it is, it in some ways is more challenged. I mean, the, the La Fajeda farm is m- much older and much more established as a, as a social enterprise. <clears throat> but Lily Vera is, it kind of reminds me of what, of what you're doing, Alyssa, is they're juggling multiple missions, except mm-hmm. in their case, their missions are very, very different. Mm-hmm. And, and so... Just to recap, Lolivera is a 
has two farm sites, and one the farm site that we visited is actually on the outskirts of Barcelona in, in the mountains. So Barcelona, as you know, sits between the sea and the mountains, which part of what makes it such a wonderful place. <laughs> and it's a be- beautiful site. And they, they caretake this land in, in, in an agreement with the city of Barcelona. And so part of their mission, of course, is um, running a business that grows – that, that is a winery, is an oil producer, that is a, a venue for um, events for people to come and do. Like what we we actually had to pay to go to, uh, be part of that. <clears throat> that was part of the part of the deal. Um, they also employ people at risk of social exclusion. They mm-hmm. have a, a legacy of that, um, and they are. But the other mission is they are absolutely committed to preserving this aspect of Catalan heritage. Mm-hmm. So this is a very so so now you're now now the history and culture become very important because Catalan history, Catalan identity, are 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 baked in. And these missions, all very important missions and, and laudable goals, don't always work together as well and so you could see and and then and this was part of their governance structure i seem i seem to think they had a very democratic is that right really they're very democratic governance structure yes. where almost like a cooperative like a right? cooperative mm-hmm. yeah and and so mm-hmm. they have to make decisions like very hard decisions about which aspects of their mission which aspects of their business enterprise they want to prioritize in order to be sustainable and so you could mm-hmm. see in that challenge that's another a, a place where the types of innovations that we're talking about can have an impact if you can, you know, help help a, a, an organization like that think through those challenges. Yeah. Um, and I would say they are very intentional about their mission, first and foremost, right? Their mission comes first, and uh, the intention with which they try to fulfill that mission, you know, in every aspect of their business is... is even if at some moments uh, that is painfully slow, as <laughs> some right. of them were describing, you know, yeah. uh, it, that's that's very very interesting to see how how a company like that will will remain sustainable financially um, with with such practices in place. <laughs> totally, it's it's very it's a very unique problem, but but companies that do th- that, and and you, you know your organization yeah. is sort of like that. No, it's a very different set of circumstances, but similar in the fact that you are committed to multiple yes. missions. Yeah. And I don't know if that, if that, if you related to that challenge in any way. Or, yeah. Or. I, I think since we started Seeds at Feed, it's, that has always been so important is just checking back and seeing if this is, this is actually true to, to why we began. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that if you can answer that question and say, yes, even if it doesn't seem like the the path that's going to lead you to the most money, it's probably where you need to go. And that's never let us down. I think that I saw that there, you know, and they were at this point of kind of figuring out how to balance both the, the needs for money and, and the business side of the operation and then also those very important reasons of why they were there in the first place. So we, we're going back in May 2024 we're back we're back to networking and recruiting <laughs> Look, looking for the next group of mm-hmm. outstanding students who will go and you know continue this project and and we hope once again to take uh, community partners with us so I wondered if you had advice for a potential community partner who maybe mm. who may be thinking oh, that sounds like an interesting opportunity mm-hmm. what, what would you say to them 
Would you recommend them to come with go. us? <laughs> go. And if you don't want to go, I'll go. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just go. And um, no matter what you're doing and kind of even on the sort of the cultural digging we did through a week, I learned so much. I mean, and just getting to see a culture that kind of comes at things at a much different way than we do you know the pace the Mm -hmm. sense of community and just it's more important than the morning to get together and have coffee and sit down and chill until 10 o'clock and get your day going then bouncing out of bed you know and getting this done and this done and this done and I love that that's I'm I'm very much love I like to operate like that so I kind of felt very at home you know that's just a very the very first example of um, just a society who's doing things from different angle and I think that that's important to to see and that any community partner could benefit from seeing things from a different lens and who knows where it's gonna kind of resonate with you but I think that it will and I think that I think that's a, the beauty of experiences like that. Maybe it's not like this one thing that you brought back that you're like, I'm gonna, we're going to do this here and we're going to, you know, but there's these, these moments and these things that come in and they come in as they sort of need to and where they need to. And um, I think that's the cool thing about traveling and, and bringing in the model that you guys are doing. It's something that will continue to like live and breathe on that you you bring back and um, you never know when when something's gonna come up that you're like ah that's where that yeah these things aren't instant right yeah. you have to have these encounters you right. have to think about them and you have to think about how they're gonna change the ne- the next encounter and and like it's a learning cycle yeah right and so you you have to give it time oh yeah so I love this suggestion about more. Maybe more focused discussion, and then and then follow up opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, so that the con- so that you, you do have a genuine, ongoing conversation, and that's what it means to have partners. Yeah, you know, and I think a really cool example of that would be, you know, measuring social impact. Um, and I think that that's something that we work a lot on here. And I heard from the organizations there, so I think. That actually is something that we could collaborate more on um, because I, I heard that over and over, a need for how do we measure our social impact. It's something that I have to think about. We have to think about a lot with Seeds at Feed. Um, and so I felt like those were th- that that was something probably that uh, further conversations could could have been really cool around. I would have loved to have tried to share some of the challenges and some of the learnings that that I've had here because it is difficult. You're trying to show how you're creating these things that we see happening and we experience and we feel through, you know, conversations and see through people and get, you know, feedback um, and comments and stuff. But how do you kind of take that in put it into a way that you can tell everybody else and show everybody else and measure 
And it's a good one to have with our partners in Europe because social impact measurement is is moving towards a legal mandate in the European Union. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just an idle conversation. It's becoming an imperative there. And it's something that we, you know, we really could learn a lot from and, and be involved in that conversation. Yeah, that's definitely a great point. And thank you for bringing it up because um, I, I, I also was uh, surprised by the amount of... Uh, you know, the different instances where that was brought up and, and uh, I think almost every yeah, organization yeah. that That's we right. they met that we met with it was a kind of a common theme well Alyssa Snyder Chief Cedar <laughs> at Seeds That Feed in Fayetteville thank you for joining us on Points of Departure today and thank you for being our community partner with Arkansas Global Changemakers yeah thank you thank you guys so much thank um, you Alyssa yeah You've been listening to Points of Departure. Your hosts are Rogelio Garcia-Contreras and Lawrence Hare. I'm Daniel Carruth. Points of Departure is a podcast production of KUAF Public Radio and Arkansas Global Changemakers. For more information, you can go online to KUAF.com.